ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I'm Andrew Harris, and joining me, as always, Mr. Decker. Hello. Hey, man. How are you? How are you? you know, I wanted to tell you how grateful I am to have you as a as a co-host, <laughs> as a partner in crime on this criminal defense podcast, because, man, you have done Dude, all of the research today. You, you are laying it on thick. Yeah. Because I'm pulling your butt out. <laughs> that's of the right. That's <laughs> right. So I mean, you know, like, and and that's you know that's par for the course. Like usually, you you've got some research, you've got the itinerary done, and I'm and I just kind of roll in and hit record, and that's it. You right. Know? You didn't even no. bring Winston today. I that's did not. That's man. how big of a failure yes, you are. Yes. No, yeah. No, I want to be very clear. Mr. Harris actually does great stuff for the show. Um, he does research. He he gets the stuff. Uh, but he's also more of our technical guy. He's the guy that actually makes sure we get posted and so forth. So when I do research, I don't bring a binder of research to the podcast like you did for today's episode. Hey, you know, um, I, well, I'm just going to go this, this would be a Mark Daniel kind of move, right? For here, sure. Right? Yeah. Shout out to, to my mentor. Well, and, and, you know, not, not for nothing like this, today's topic deserves a binder full of research well and honestly this is a binder that may be built on and i may keep it may this may not be yeah. a, a show binder this may be a a long-term binder um so tell us how to, since since i'm going to talk about the topic i'll tell you i'll let you tell us how we got here today well okay so kasha cristobal was a former guest um at uh, the uh, re- reference librarian down at ut law um uh so a couple episodes that would be ago the university of texas at austin law school so anyway, she's the reference librarian <laughs> down there. Um, extremely smart, kind of reached out to us and was like, have you guys ever thought about doing, you know, an episode just on uh, the recent Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade and how like the impact on criminal, um, well, the I guess the generation of all sorts of new criminal laws. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, doing an episode on those just kind of help our defenders out there. Be a little yeah, bit and more she, prepared. she actually said in, in, in the email or one of the emails uh, that she had seen lots of ivory tower already kind of discussion. Obviously, she works at a at, at a at a very reputable law school, um, uh, but she hadn't seen anything from the trenches. Yeah. So there is, there's, we've, you know, you watch so any she, of the news. She found the dumbest guy she knew <laughs> and said, let's see what they come up with. Yeah. I mean, like truly infantry members, right? Uh, here, not, not def- definitely not the generals, uh, throughout the state, but, um, you know, and that's a, that's a good point. There's any news organization, um, you know, any nighttime news program, when they talk about this, it is very high level, like what potentially could happen right. or, and we're going to talk about a little bit more concrete things. Um, and and look, we know this is a controversial topic. However, it is um, very relevant to our work as defense attorneys. I mean, right? You never know when a doctor is going to call you needing representation on one of these matters, and it's only a matter of time. Right. It, it's going to only be a matter of time because, well, it's going to happen. There's there's never been a time uh, where abortions didn't happen, right? Um, uh, and I'm a little nervous talking on the subject in the sense that 
uh, we're trying not to take a stance on the show. Sure. This, we're trying to just kind of, and again, this is not, this is not, uh, I think please, I've, please consult your attorney, uh, yeah. but kind of deal. But we, we just want people to know how we got here a little bit, where we see some of the issues coming and why we know it's important to, uh, to our defenders here in the state of Texas. Is right. That, is that clear? Yes. And I, I but, just, I think I've been pretty clear on this podcast. I am anti, um, idiotic laws and we find a lot of them and we talk about a lot of them regardless of your stance. I think this is just, like you said, something to be on the watch for, um, because it, it will, somebody will walk into your office one day needing representation on this case. So, um, I guess let's just start with, I'm, I'm confused about this topic. Andrew. So surely, you know, the top law enforcement officers throughout the state can all agree right. on so, what they're, how they're going to handle these cases, right? So the first thing I looked uh, that I looked for, uh, Ms. Cristobal actually sent us some stuff, but, but I remembered uh, that there was an article um, in the Forest Star Telegram. And so I went back and found it. And uh, the title of the article from June the 24th, so just a little over a month ago, is Tarrant County DA says she will prosecute any legitimate Texas abortion law violations. Okay. Right. So that would be our be the elected DA in in part in sorry in Tarrant County, uh, Sharon Wilson, and she made a public statement primarily on Twitter on uh, the DA's Twitter account uh, that they would, uh, and I will read it uh, verbatim. Um, she put, my oath is that every one of my offices is to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, the laws of the United States, and Texas, Wilson wrote in her statement on her Twitter account. Uh, prosecutors do not make the law. We follow it. We followed Roe v. Wade and when, the, when it was a law, and we will follow Texas state law now. And she said, I will, you know, we will legitimately, pro we will prosecute any legitimate uh, abortion claims in Tarrant County. So that's making it a pretty clear and indirect line. Now, the interesting thing is, is that in the same article, they uh, go into Dallas County. So remember, the DFW area is the fifth largest TV market in the United States collectively. Now, that includes more than just Dallas and Tarrant counties. Right. But we're talking about a significant number of people, a significant landmass, a significant population. Dallas County... Uh, District Attorney John Crusoe, former both both these Wilson and Crusoe are both also former uh, felony court judges. Okay, both of them, and he says in his statement that he will not quote stand in the way of women seeking the health care they need end quote. And then he says bans on abortion disproportionately impact the poor women of color and other vulnerable populations. Um, and so we will continue to use, quote, discretion to pursue justice on behalf of all citizens of Dallas County. So just in the most populated or most populous, fifth most populous, that right. In a big metropolitan area, <laughs> we have two differing opinions on what discretion and what justice is. Yeah. And, and, and you know, really, I mean, I, I understand that Texas state law, which we'll talk about here. In a little bit, but you know, Crusoe may be thinking more along the lines of like the 14th Amendment, equal protection clause, or privacy rights, or whatever the case may be. Um, I, you know, I think there can be an argument made that 
you know, both are right or both have some uh, legal standard to st- to you know to to stand on when well, they well as uh, as you and I know and as our listeners know every prosecutor every every person who deals an officer let's start with a law enforcement officer uh has someone um who's publicly intoxicated everyone knows they're drunk the officer could arrest them right then and put them put them in a holding cell overnight pat them down the whole nine yards or he could go hey anybody want to take this guy home right yeah right that's discretion yeah but the officer legitimately could do either We both have seen cases where someone has a little bit of marijuana, and by that I mean way less than an ounce, enough for maybe one joint or something. Joint, yeah. yeah I don't know if anybody. Do the kids still say joints? I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, uh, and the officer goes, "Dump it out, stomp it in the ground. Going to let you go." Yeah. Or do that. And I'm going to I'm going to keep the baggie and arrest or give you a ticket for drug paraphernalia, or they arrest you and charge you with possession of, of, of marijuana, right? All within the officer's discretion. Do, do any one of them equal justice? Sure. Depending on the situation, one of them might be right. The other one might be not be. So, and then when it goes to, to a county attorney's office or a DA's office, they also then have discretion. They have, you get to look at the case and look at the file and look at the person and look at the questions. So Sharon Wilson and Cruzo both could be right as long as are you willing to use discretion in every case? Yeah. That's the hard part. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but that, you know, those aren't easy jobs being the top law enforcement official in larger counties like that, but right. Um, all right. So that is, um, you know, just a bit of confusion to lead us off. Uh, definitely not, um, definitely not a, set standard or policy throughout the state when it comes to, um, you know, counties having control over their own community um, form of, of criminal justice. Right. But speaking of top law enforcement persons, uh, our attorney general, Ken Paxton, uh, has, it, has issued an advisory statement uh, to district attorneys uh, saying that prosecutors may choose to immediately pursue criminal prosecutions against persons who violate Texas's pre-Roe v. Wade abortion laws. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But just kind of saying, this is something where truly our elected officials up and down the board are making different statements, different ideas of what can happen. Um, uh, And and the question really becomes not only what is what the law is, we're going to have some some debate on that. But then is it going to be enforced or not? This is the guy that's under felony indictment, right? Again, this is not a political statement. Just, just but yes. So okay. So let's uh, let's start. So because we talked about before we started recording. Yeah, we're some, all of eight minutes in, and we haven't even talked about <clears throat> stuff. Whatever. So okay. Um, the so so some of these laws that Paxton is kind of referring to have been on the books a long time. Yeah. So in the 1925 version of the Texas Penal Code, there are there are laws, and and thankfully. Uh, they were taken down off the state website um, a while back because they were, and we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, but they were put back up because uh, they might now be, <laughs> they yeah, might they be may, real they again. may be the law of the land now. Right. So 
so let's actually look at why they may not be uh, legal. Okay. Um, so, so we have laws outlawing abortion from 1925. Right. And, you know, the Fifth Circuit um, found those unconstitutional because of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, but but then but then the Fifth Circuit Fifth Circuit comes back and actually talks more about it um, in sorry lot again I have I have a stack of, of information um, uh, the best part of it the Fifth Circuit determined in Texas has been repealed by implication basically they said in I think it's in the 1990s uh, that because it had now been so long that the, that they had been illegal, that they had been unconstitutional, uh, that by implication, the fifth circuit said those laws have been repealed. Well, the legislatures never repealed them. So they're still technically on the books. They're still in the Texas law. Right. So there's a question right there, whether these old laws would still apply, but you can find them because they've been put back up on the Texas website. They were actually taken down for a while. Um, uh, and these are acts from 1925, the 39th legislative session, uh, effective September 1, 1925. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Long time ago, almost a um, hundred years. Yeah. We're getting real close. Um, and it was impl- it, it implied to be repealed under McCorvey v. Hill in Corv- McCorvey v. Hill. Uh, and if you want your site, it's 385 Federal 3rd, 486 Fifth Circuit, 2004. Sorry, I was 10 years off on that. Um, no problem. So it makes an abortion illegal. Any person um, who purposefully basically uh, administers an abortion to a pregnant woman um, with, with her consent, any drug, medication, or uh, means of violence, um, and they would consider an abortion a means of violence. Uh, has committed an offense. Okay. Um, and anyone who fin- who furnishes the means of procuring an abortion knowingly uh, is guilty as an accomplice. Okay. And these are actually in uh, the revised civil statutes. So it's kind of an interesting place. Uh, and whoever shall during part partition of a birth of a mother. Uh, destroy the viability, the vitality of a child uh, being born before the actual full birth uh, shall be confined in the penitentiary for life and not less than five years. So this would be uh, this would be what we call a par- partial birth abortion. Basically, right. the child is in the process of being born. Someone right. kills the child so that it's not vital, and um, that even in 1925 was basically considered a first first degree. What we now call a first degree felony, and you got to think about this is this is a child that a minute and a half later would be a child, right? Okay, so that would be we would liken it to to murder, sure. Um, but again, nothing in this chapter applies to an abortion uh, attempted for by medical advice for the purpose of saving the life of the mother. Uh, that's a defense, even in 1925. Um, okay. And basically, these were, I uh, can't remember exactly. I thought I saw the, the punishment on the others. Maybe I didn't print that one out. Sorry. Um, but, but basically, 
outside of the partial birth abortion, um, they're considered kind of misdemeanor, third degree felony level offenses. Okay, rather low level. Rather, right? Yeah. But you could lose, if you're the doctor, you could lose your medical license for having an offense. Um, uh, especially if you had a few of them, you'd probably definitely lose your, lose your license if the Texas Medical Board says, hey, you've been uh, breaking the law multiple times. Right. Um, and we don't want doctors. We would expect our doctors to be ethical enough to follow the law. So if they're breaking the law, we kind of have a question of whether they can be ethical doctors, right? I mean, so that, that becomes yeah. a circular argument. But um, so since, since, since 1925, presumably repealed, according to the Fifth Circuit, but it's never been taken off the Texas legislature uh, by the Texas legislature. So those could be effective immediately. Now, that's interesting because there are other criminal laws that have been found unconstitutional, but are still on the books. Correct? Right. Right. So so the primary one would be uh, the sodomy law. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, both Roe v. Wade and and I cannot remember. Please forgive me. The 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 case that ruled that sodomy is is not illegal. Basically, it's like it Lawrence, says, right? Lawrence v. State or something. Yes, along those I think lines. that is correct. Um, I didn't research that recently. <laughs> uh, did not. Um, both of them say that people have a right to privacy. You don't get to go into someone's bedroom to see what they're doing. Um, you don't get to go into someone's doctor's office to see what they're doing. Um, and as attorneys, we ought to have a little bit of kind of deep breath. I don't want people coming into my office with my clients or as I'm reviewing clients files to see what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, same, uh, because I've got some clients that their files are, are problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you read the file, if you know everything I know about them, you're going to go, yeah, they're guilty and they may be, and probably we're going to end up getting there right for good or bad. Um, but doesn't mean that everybody else gets to know about it. Yeah. But then, yeah. And that, in that scenario, how does the government, I mean, the government then just kind of wins automatically if they can come in and review all of your, you know, your case file anyways. Um, yeah, if they get, if they get to hear my conversation I had at the jail with the guy yeah, or in my office with the woman, right. And they, give me evidence that maybe the state doesn't have, it might make it a done deal. Yeah. I mean, it, right? it, it, I think it would kind of have problematic. due process implications and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. So basically that right to privacy under the 14th amendment, that due process issue is how these laws had been stricken down and they're still on the books. Yeah. And equal protection type, uh, type arguments, um, which is what the, the 14th amendment is the correct. Uh, Equal protection amendment, correct? Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I got something right today. Does it feel like you're taking a law exam? My gosh, my brain hurts. <laughs> Thanks, Kasha. Jeez. Right. And we haven't even. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into. We haven't gotten to. Yeah. Okay. So, so we have some old laws that are that are still on the books. The Fifth Circuit says they, you know, they they have been implicitly repealed or whatever phrase they use, and um. Uh, but they they have not been revealed by the legislature, so they're still on the books. Roe v. Wade has kind of kept those from being enforced. Now that that is gone uh, and is no longer the law of the land, where do we stand? What does that mean? 
All right. So first of all, let, let's talk about how it's gone. Um, the, the new case that uh, came out it, by uh, the Supreme Court of the United States on June 24th, right? So Sharon Wilson, for example, waited all of no, did, didn't wait till the next day. To issue her statement? On Twitter, right. Yeah. I imagine she had one ready to go. I, I think so. And, and we're going to find out the Texas legislature, Texas legislature did too. Right. All right. We're going to get there in just okay. a minute. But the SCOTUS handed down an opinion, Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization uh, on June 24th. And this is, um, uh, if I remember correctly, maybe out of Mississippi. I know it's out of the South, but I think it's Mississippi. Um, and it has implications for Texas. Basically, it says uh, that, that the Supreme Court ruled incorrectly 46 years ago, 48 years ago. Um, uh, basically saying that the, this isn't a question of right to privacy. It's a question of what is the legitimacy of the life of the fetus? Okay. Right. I mean, part of it is we're, we're talking, we're kind of talking two different things. One of them is talking about a right to privacy and what happens behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And one of them is talking about uh what's happening with maybe as few as 16 cells um right those so so when we start talk when you start actually talking about this legally even as an attorney my lay ears kind of go well one of them saying you can have abortion one of them says you can't that that's not at all what they're that's not how right. they come to their answers right um it's one has a right to privacy and a right to, to talk to a doctor and to seek medical help. The other one says uh, that something happening inside of that person's body trumps or, or overplays right. the right to privacy. Now example, right. So, so let's back up and, you know, let's back up from, from this question, something you and I deal with every day uh, in our, in our practice, domestic violence every day yeah every day um and you and i would both agree you should not hit your children you should not hit your spouse you should not hit your boyfriend your girlfriend Indeed. whatever right but it happens every day every day uh got appointed on one this morning um just because i closed the door to the house doesn't mean i get to hit my kid just because i closed the door to the house doesn't mean uh, my spouse gets to hit me. Okay. Yeah. Right? Fair. Sure. Right. That, but you could argue, well, I have a right to privacy and I have a right to, you know, to raise my kid because we do it constitutionally have a right to privacy. We have a, yeah. Expectation we, of privacy within our homes. Yes. Right. We also have a constitutional right to parent. Correct. Right. But the government has said, well, us protecting your kid from you trumps it, it over, it, it supersedes your right to be the parent. You can't hit your kid, you know, with a fist in the eye. Okay. Well, so we can understand how, how that, that question happened. So we've moved now from, from a home to a doctor's office. We've moved from me striking someone with a closed fist to a debate on 
right to privacy, HIPAA, et cetera, and a handful of cells yeah. up to a, up to a small creature, fetus, of, a fetus. Yeah, sure. um, and what is that? What is that group of cells? What is that fetus? Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think, you know, the listeners probably can tell like just how challenging this is going to be for attorneys. I mean, it's really hard for us to even kind of talk about, right. I mean, it's, it is a, uh, it's a topic that I don't think anybody really wants to broach, but again, defenders, you, you're, you need to be prepared for this and can be quite hard to find the right word sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult and, and you don't know, right. We don't know the political position or, or, or the personal stance of the prosecutor sitting next across, sitting across from us who may be just doing what their boss has told them to do. We yeah. don't know the position of the judge. Yeah. We probably know the position of our client if they're the doctor. Um, and you and I both have to occasionally fight or, or, or fight for or fight against a law that we agree or don't agree with. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 All the um, time. My guess is this is going to be a one that there are going to be some, be some attorneys that say, Hey, I don't handle those kind of cases. You need to call somebody else. Fair enough. Right. I do that right now. Right. We all do. We all have cases that we just kind of go, Nope, I'm too close. I, I can't do that. Yeah. So, uh, so back to June 24th, Dobbs, uh, V Jackson, uh, it doesn't even have, at least as the last time I checked a, a citation yet, a citation yeah. yet. Um, but the 2021, again, we said that Sharon Wilson probably had a statement ready to go, ready to drop as soon as that ruling came out in 2021, the 87th legislature of the Texas house passed house bill 1280 to create health and safety code chapter one. 70A performance of an abortion. And it's what's called a trigger law. Basically, it says that if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned and a judgment is rendered, and the judgment has not been rendered yet, only the opinion has been rendered. Even I don't know the difference on that. I'm just telling you what the what the stuff says. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, and a judgment has been rendered that 30 days after the after the new regulation takes this, this becomes law in the state of Texas. And the chapter includes a criminal, civil, and regulatory mechanism uh, for the same prohibited conduct. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, they were prepped. They were ready to go. Right. I mean, I think, I think uh, a lot of the, you know, I, th I think a lot of the state legislatures kind of saw this on the horizon. I mean, it, it was, it's been, you know, chatter, uh, in the news for, for a long time, just after, you know, the rash of the recent Supreme court, um, nominees and, uh, all the new justices that, that, uh, have been, um, put into office in the past couple of years. I think people have been kind of prepped for it. Right. And, and several of them were, were put there specifically with the purpose of overturning Roe v. Wade. Right. I mean, that was, that was president Trump's, even though they all said in their confirmation hearings that it's the law of the land, correct? I mean, I think that I, I think I specifically remember that. I mean, it was a it was a hot topic when the confirmation hearings it, it were was, going on. It was. They all you, said you, you, it was the law of the land, and you know, it's settled law. Yada yada. yada decisis. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a any but, uh, any mention in the opinion on it being the law of the land at all? Uh, they said it was improperly decided in 1974. Man, 
I wonder um, if anybody talked about that during the confirmation hearing. Again, <laughs> as you can tell, Andy might have an opinion on this. My opinion may be the same. I'm trying to trying to get through this a little less. We do not take a political stance here, except for when we're talking about, you know, idiotic things that police do <laughs> or prosecutors or judges or justices or state legislatures, whatever or whatever. I'm, um, I'm entitled to an opinion. I'm sorry if you I'm offending are. anybody. <laughs> you are. I, I shall. I digress. You digress. I will say that I've been amazed at the at some of the people that have come to me and said, I can't believe this has happened. Uh, that, that really surprised me that, that and, and they, they were they were hurt. Uh, you could see it in their eyes. But that's not what we're here. We're talking about what's happened. So chapter 170A does provide and this is this is let me turn to my i actually have the code um where did it go oh there we go there so it's under the health and safety code title two health subtitle public health provisions chapter 178 performance of an abortion so it does define abortion um fertilization pregnant reasonable medical judgment unborn child but the first after definition, the first subchapter, 170A.002, the first in, in that says a person may not knowingly perform, induce, or an attempt an abortion. B, it does not apply if the person performing, inducing, or attempting the abortion is a licensed physician in the exercise of reasonable medical judgment, the pregnant female on whom the abortion is performed, induced, or attempted has life-threatening physical condition aggravated by, caused by, or arising from pregnancy. So basically, if it's life-saving. Yeah. Now, which us, if I can be, I mean, I'm, I'm quite surprised they even have that exception in there. It, it's in there. Now, here's an interesting fact. Pre the 20th century, the number one cause of death in women was what, Mr. Harris? Childbirth. Oh, oh, geez. I didn't know that. I was about to say heart disease. The number one cause of death for millions of years for women has been childbirth. Yeah, it's a, being it is, pregnant yeah. is extremely dangerous in and of itself. So this little caveat. Gives doctors a lot of leeway. Maybe, yeah, I don't know how and broad argue, it is. Uh, defenders, there's your argument. The number one cause of death of women prior to modern medicine was childbirth. And part of the reason I know that, Judge Decker, my great-great-grandfather, outlived... Comal County? Hayes. Hayes County. Close. Uh, outlived two wives, childbirth. Because of complications from childbirth, really. Uh, one of them, I think, was directly, and one of them was a fever that came in later. But they, yeah. but probably would have been like leftover. Man, I, I couldn't imagine what you know females go through in birthing children. Uh, uh, you know, it, it is. It seems like everybody calls it a miracle. It just seems so complicated to me. Right. So, so people ask. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna caveat. Yeah. Change just a minute. People ask me, you know, like Andrew especially knowing my former profession, how do you know that there's a God? I'm going to give you two reasons. One, the fact that the, the, the stats of egg and, and, and spermazoid meeting and actually producing a child and that surviving to, to be a child yeah. is one. 
because statistically it should never happen. Right. The second is that any male lives to see 21 years old because I, because anytime this question comes up, I say, <laughs> well, every man in the room who's older than 21, raise your hand. If sometime between the ages of 13 and 21, you should have died. Every man raises their hand. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's not proof, there is a God and God is graceful to us. Merciful. I don't know that there is. The fact that we are walking so around. So true, man. And so they're into, true. They're ending the morning. They're into the morning lesson. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just actually descended from a pulpit, y'all. It's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so we have we have an exception or defense codified in the current statute. Yep. And remember, the number one cause of death to women prior to modern medicine was for millions of years childbirth it's still an extremely dangerous process right? yeah and amazingly amazingly of the 35 most developed countries in the world the place that's most dangerous to give birth is the united states do you think it has anything to do with guns no birth birth (laughs) just saying like no (laughs) okay all right that'd be a different episode so um the criminal offense, a person who violates this, the offense under this section is a felony of the second degree, is a felony of the second degree. An attempted abortion is a felony of the second degree. Andy, what do you think, what do you think they're trying to mirror here? Uh, murder? Well, second degree would be, a, would be assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, yeah, right. Aggravated right? assault. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So basically, they're saying that this could cause serious bodily injury or death to a person. So we've given, in effect, person status to the fetus. And how do we know that in part? Because remember, in the 1925 statute, the partial birth abortion, if it led to death, was considered a first-degree felony. Well, now... As we know it now, yeah. Right. The offense, and this is, again, reading the code, uh, the offense is a felony of the first degree if an unborn child dies as a result of the offense. This is not a partial birth. This is, this is the handful of cells right. smaller than a peanut. At it, any stage of at pregnancy? Any, at any stage. Okay. So... Um, an egg is fertilized by sperm. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, somebody, you know, after maybe um, a reckless night uh, drinking, right. whatever, they go to the pharmacy, get a plan B pill. Um, you know, the, the sperm, the, the egg is already fertilized. I'm not sure biologically how quick that happens, but assuming that it happens fairly quickly. Right. So, um, again, let's go to our definitions. Okay. Right. Um. Definition two, fertilization means the point in time when a male human sperm penetrates the zona pellucida of the female human ovum. In other words, upon fertilization. Right. Unborn child is definition five, which means the individual living member of the Homo sapien species from fertilization until birth. Wow including the entire embryonic and fetal stages of development. So at the moment, and generally it takes, you know, they're saying it takes somewhere between two and 24 hours for that sperm to millions of sperm for the one to make it 
to the egg to have uh, fertilization. But basically from about two hours after you have sex until a child is born. Right. Yeah, that's, that's meeting the definition of unborn child, which that, right. is the protected, um, you know, the protected aspect of this new code section. Correct. Okay. So, so then let's, so, so then taking a plan B pill mm. would, would, could potentially fall under this, right? So what happens with that form of contraception? I think or, that's, I think, I think that's illegal. Okay. What about, I mean, I guess the because birth that control would, that would, would not be, be because it just prevents fertilization. Right. Right. So it's not really ending or terminating like a pregnancy after post fertilization. Correct. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Because yeah. And, and again, to, to say that, that, that they knew this was coming and they were prepping for it, uh, one of the resources that I've looked at is from the Texas District and County Attorneys Association they released on June 24th, 2022. They already had the article ready. So day of? The day of, right? This is something that they've seen coming. And the issue becomes really on what you call the, that fertilized uh, egg. Um, so there are, there are some issues. So, so again, going back to, um, some of the other codes performing an abortion without voluntary informed consent use. These are some of the older, older laws that are still in the books, uh, a zero to $10,000 fine provision of abortion, inducing drugs by non-physician, the morning after pill, uh, state jail felony. But again, now it could be a second degree performing a partial birth abortion previously for a while un under health and safety code 171, 103 was a state jail felony. I think the 1925 law would make it a first degree felony. Now it's yeah. definitely a first degree felony, right? Um, performing dis dismemberment of uh, a dismemberment abortion. I don't even want to know. State jail Man. felony, paperwork violations by abortion facilities and physicians. In other words, saying I just did an exam. Yeah. It's a class A misdemeanor. Operating an abortion facility. Oh, these, these are, these are um, uh, the codified for under Roe v. Wade, what you have to have, right? So abortion inducing drugs by a non-physician was a state jail felony. Operating a, an abortion facility without a license is a class A misdemeanor, right? That's how they kind of were able to, to tighten it down. You had to have a license. Well, if, if Roe v. Wade doesn't apply, do I still have to have a license? I don't know. Right. Right. Um, it, it's, it's just... So, you know what I think is the, the, the scariest i guess to me um if i'm a health professional healthcare professional is you know uh, pregnancies can be complicated right i mean women have miscarriages just all the time just because um, correct yeah i don't want to get too scientific because that's just not how i work but 
Um, and, and so who's to say that a, a woman goes to a doctor one day, the next day has a miscarriage, and now the doctor and the woman are under investigation for, uh, you know, violation of this new penal code when, when there was nothing. I mean, at the very least, the doctor could be uh, under, you know, uh, charged with a, with a failure to adequately document the case file or whatever. Right. I mean, right. like just what you said, it's a class A misdemeanor. Um, uh, I well, mean, we're it, now criminalizing. Well, and heavily criminalizing second degree and first degree felonies. Yeah. And especially when you realize that because of that time frame and, and, and how a woman's cycle works. And again, we are two men talking about this. It's, yeah. We, we are woefully inadequate. Yes. Yes. Um, I am in deep water here. You know, what woe, I mean? <laughs> woe to men for, for having to sit to talk about this. Um, uh, most women really don't even have a, an inkling until about six weeks. Right. Four to six weeks. And you're saying that something that happened a few days after. A few hours. A few hours after. becomes really problematic. Um, and part of it is, is it just, and again, I don't care what your position is. It becomes problematic in the sense that we're not talking about someone who's made a decision at, at month three at the end of the first trimester or month nine, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about somebody who maybe goes, uh, yeah, I can't even have a risk that I'm pregnant. I should have had contraceptive. Normally I would, or normally he would. It broke. Yeah. I don't know really how often that happens. Let's just go with it. Slipped off something. And she says, I want to take a morning after pill. It could be a second degree felony. Yeah. For, for, for the person providing the medicine. Yeah. That pharmacist, <laughs> I mean, you can just walk up to a pharmacist or you used to, I don't know if you can anymore and, and get a morning after pill. Right. So that pharmacist could now be subject to a second degree felony. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really problematic. And so one of the things that uh, we're, we're at about 40 minutes, so I'm going to be very brief. One of the things I did is I, when I was looking at all this, I found some, some law review articles and actually read through a few of them. Um, and uh, just to kind of go, what did they say? How did they say we got here? And basically they, they argue that the, that the, the problem that the Supreme court made, that these are conservative review articles, right? Is that they did not, that Roe v. Wade did not address the right of life to, of, of the fetus to obtain life. Right. Again, okay. they, they were arguing a right to privacy, that I have a right to medical decisions to make those on my own. And that's what Roe v. Wade used. Um, now. And that it only really encompassed her right to privacy. 
And I think when you put it in those terms, there are some people that would be like abortions are wrong. And if I said, well, I get to let the government sit in on your wife's exam, your daughter's exam. Right. Right. I mean, I I think there are some men that would be way more mad about that than if, if, than the women, right. I'm going to, I'm going to let a DA sit in and just watch to make sure nothing fishy happens. Yeah. I mean that, that gets real, that gets real creepy real fast. I think that's a pretty universal thing that a lot of people would just say like, Nope, I don't want that. Right. Yep. Um, what do we say? Get a warrant. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're going to need more than a warrant. Uh, I think there was a TV show called man in the high castle that kind of talked about a lot about that, you know, and just, um, anyways, so the right to privacy, the question is, does is this one of the places where the government really has the right to intrude upon our privacy to the point of knowing what's going on inside of your body? Well, again, I've, I've, I've had a couple of surgeries, one on a knee, one on a gallbladder, nothing I'm ashamed of, but do I, let's make it sound a little more personal, right? Do I really want the government knowing? Yeah. Do I want the government knowing when I had gallbladder surgery? Now they can figure it out. It's that's not uh, a huge no, but deal. I mean, what about like you know for like prostate exams or right? I mean, I don't want them know knowing a lot of things about my body, right? I don't want anybody knowing, right? Um, and thankfully, I've my my body's healthy enough and good enough that I'm not. There's nothing I'm like trying to hide. Yeah, it is, buddy. Stop. You've been working. <laughs> Wow. Um, that was, yeah, just, just, (laughs) just for all of our listeners who are still hanging with us, you know, you got a little bit of comedy gold there. Yeah. It's not often that Andy throws me from my game and he truly, (laughs) I'm going to give him a gold star on that. So where does that leave us, man? Let's kind of, uh, so it leaves us with the possibility. First of all, the trigger law is not yet applied because the judgment has not been officially released. Just the opinion. That's first. Second, um, the 1925 laws may apply. I think that's something that would have to be argued. Third, uh, if someone gets charged, argue that the pre the previous laws are the ones you want to be charged under. Plead to the lesser included under 1925. Um, there, I mean, if you have to, uh, but obviously this is this is something that is going to get fought. It's going to get fought heavy. So you're just not going to be pleased initially. Um, and then third, always, always, always remember pregnancy and childbirth are automatically life threatening to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's going to be some, some meat there for our defenders to, that, to that, use. W- that would be my, yeah, that'd be my, my, uh, not an expert opinion, but let's be honest about what it is. Right. It is. And I, and I can say that, let me say that very honestly, if my children had been born prior to modern medicine, neither one of them, and probably my uh, former spouse would not be here. Yeah. So when I say that, I say that as someone who's experienced it, who walked through hospitals, crying in the middle of the night, worrying that they would, that they would survive. Yeah. And thankfully they all did. Yeah, man. All right. Well, folks, um, you know what? Again, thanks, Andrew. Uh, I'm very grateful for your research on this. Thanks for kind of leading the discussion. Sorry for I'm, my 
I'm grateful for you. Andy. Digressions. <laughs> so uh, I'll tweet about grateful. this. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm grateful for our listeners for sticking through this and for Kasha for, uh, for kind of highlighting like, Hey, you guys need to do an episode on this. Yeah. Shout outs to Kasha. We yeah. love her. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. As always. Um, if you want to reach out to us, um, about this episode or just any other questions you may have, if you have a good topic for us, you can reach us at texascrimdefense.com. Um, all complaints, uh, go directly to Andrew Decker. Um, so just click on email me, <laughs> click the email link under his picture on that one. Um, and then Andrew, what's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter is at a and a T X crim def. We are up to 21 followers. What? What? what, Man, what? That's like double what, what we, when we last checked it. Yeah. Um, well, we started exponential growth. <laughs> it's like three times what it was less than a year amazing, ago. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so follow so, us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, send us ideas. Obviously we do take them seriously. Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, to Miss Cristobal for for her help for giving us some leads and again I I then used what she had and dug a little further right on yeah that was uh, I think this would be uh, it's an interesting it's definitely a timely episode and and I know it's uh, rather controversial but thanks for sticking with us and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.